song. Amen. Thank you all so much. First Samuel chapter number eight, please. First Samuel chapter eight this morning, and I know it's ten minutes till twelve, and uh, we're going to jump right into the message rather than read the text together. By the way, Kelly, uh, I didn't recognize you, but so good to see you here. Pray for him. Just got out of rehab uh, Friday. Is that right? Friday. And we love you so much praying for you. I had several strokes here over the last few weeks. And here he is in church this morning. And it blesses my soul, brother. I love you. I'm glad you're here. First Samuel chapter number 8. First Samuel chapter number 8. And I want you to uh, keep your Bibles open and um, mark a few things as we go through them. I have you circle just a couple of words in the passage. If you're inclined to mark your Bible, I hope you'll do that. And um, I want to speak to you from... Um, uh, this uh, chapter, entire chapter today, uh, but uh, our our text, uh, our title for the message is simply this, make us a king, make us a king. Heavenly Father, as we delve into the message this morning, I need the help of your Holy Spirit, I need your power, and may you communicate through me your truth to transform the lives of your children. If there's some here that are not saved, Please help them to come to the knowledge of salvation through Christ alone before this service is over. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. In verse number 1, the Bible says, It came to pass when Samuel was old that he made his sons judges over Israel. Now the name of of his firstborn was Joel and the name of his second Abiah. They were judges in Beersheba and his sons walked not in his ways but turned aside after lucre. They became greedy and took bribes. They became dishonest and perverted judgment. They became unjust. Folks, one reason that, you know, the Bible says we are commanded to pray for all those that are in authority. Uh, These men that uh, we spoke of this morning, I hope you pray for them. That's not the first time I've called their name. I've often called their name to the Lord in prayer, as I know many of you do as well. But the Bible said, first of all, prayer, supplication, giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings, and for all that are in authority. We're supposed to be praying for those that are in authority. And what a time that these men need to be lifted up in prayer. There's, there's, it seems, and we all know this is true, It seems that so many people will go to a place of power, go to D.C., for example, or go to Raleigh, with the best of intentions, just a tremendous character, integrity, sincerity, and if something happens, once they get there, and it seems like after a few years, the person, the candidate, you don't even recognize them a few years later. Let me say this. There is a tremendous temptation, power and influence, is a tremendous temptation. Uh, I can't remember the uh, Lord, uh, forgotten his name, forgive me. It's a famous quote, and so, um, Lord somebody from England said, uh, power corrupts, and absolute power absolutely corrupts. There's much truth to that statement. Samuel is the only man in the Bible who served in three offices simultaneously. He served as prophet, God's mouthpiece, priest, 
the one who stood before the people for God and uh, uh, as, uh, as priest officiated the sacrifices and so forth. And also judge, which is uh, sort of like the magistrate of the land, if you will. So he served in those three offices simultaneously. Only man in the Bible that, that served those three offices, uh, all three of those offices. And he will be the last of those judges, as he will be the one to anoint the first king of Israel. His sons, who served during his lifetime, came to power because of their father's influence, of course, and because of the family there and the priesthood. And the temptation was too great for them. They, like Eli's sons, became corrupt. They could not resist the temptation, the greed, the opportunity to be dishonest, to, to pervert judgment. In other words, here's a, here's a discrepancy, for example, a discrepancy about something and, and a decision is going to be made. And somebody comes along and says, you know, boy, I noticed you could use a, a couple nice thoroughbred horses. Oh, yeah, actually, I could. And take some horses and just so happens the guy gave him the horses is going to be standing in the courtroom next week. And he has some, you understand, right? And these young men, Samuel's sons, fell to greed, injustice, and dishonest. Injustice and dishonesty. Verse number four says, Then all the elders of Israel gathered themselves together and came to Samuel unto Ramah. And said unto him, Behold, thou art old, and thy sons walk not in thy ways. Now make us a king. There's the phrase I want to use as the title. This is the message. Make us a king. Make us a king. To judge us like all the nations. But the thing displeased Samuel when they said, Give us a king to judge us. And Samuel prayed unto the Lord. And the Lord said unto Samuel, Hearken unto the voice of the people. In all that they say unto thee, for they have not rejected thee, but they have rejected me, that I should not reign over them. Now, I want you to, I want you to, uh, notice in verse, uh, verse number three, the Bible says that Samuel's sons walked not in his ways. Now, the ways of Samuel were the ways of God. Samuel was God's representative, and he was following. He was a faithful man, a faithful man of God. And the Bible says his sons came behind him, and but they followed not in his ways, which were God's ways. I want you to see right off the bat the root problem in this chapter. It's the root problem of Samuel's sons, and we'll soon see that it's the root problem of the entire nation. The root problem was iniquity. Iniquity. I want you to circle his ways there in verse number 3. His ways. And I want you to write next to it this reference. Isaiah 53 and verse 6. Isaiah 53 and verse number 6. Now I'll be honest with you. I don't know why it took me this many years to really pinpoint this in my mind. But just in this last... Uh, well, this year. just in the last, Sometime this year. I finally settled in my mind and heart on a biblical definition for iniquity. And I can give you the ones I've given you all these years, and they're good, they're adequate, but, but I feel like I've pinpointed it. 
And I'm sorry it took me 26 years to do that, but iniquity is defined in Isaiah 53, 6. All we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him, Jesus, the iniquity of us all. All we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned everyone to his own way. Iniquity. And God laid that on Jesus Christ. All of us have gone our way. And that's what God laid on Jesus Christ and he calls it iniquity. So iniquity in the Bible is going your own way even, listen to it, even when it's a good way. Iniquity is saying, I want my way. Now that's, you said, and here's a justification for so much iniquity. Well, it's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. No, no, it's just what I want. Do you know that was the temptation of the Garden of Eden? Satan came to Eve and said, Yea, hath God said, Thou shalt not eat of every tree of the garden. Oh, we can't eat it or we'll die. We shouldn't even touch it or we'll die. Oh, you shall not surely die. God doth know in the day ye eat thereof, ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. Notice something. Satan didn't say, Why don't you do something really bad, Eve? No, he just said, You can be... You can figure it out for yourself. If you'll eat this fruit, then you'll have the wisdom that God has, and then you'll know the difference between good and evil. And obviously you'll pick good, Eve, but you don't need somebody to tell you that's good and that's evil. You can then pick for yourself which good you want to do. Iniquity. And so iniquity is, I want my way, even if it is a good way. This is the root problem in the passage. Verse number 4 says, Then all the elders of Israel gathered themselves together and came to Samuel unto Ramah and said unto him, Behold, thou art old, and thy sons walk not in thy ways. Let me give you this. The root problem was iniquity. Here's the pretense. The pretense was failed leadership. The pretense was failed leadership. In other words, we want... What we want. We want a king. Give us a king. We want a king. Now, wait a minute. It was never God's will and never God's plan for the nation of Israel to, uh, to, to, uh, be set up as a monarchy. God did not, God never intended any man to have that kind of power and influence. God said, I want a representative, Moses, who is a man of God. I'll speak to him and he'll simply relate to you my instructions for your people, I'll put them in writing, and put ten of them uh, on tablets of stone with his own finger twice. And, um, and, 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 uh, and, and, uh, uh, and then the first five books of the Bible, Moses wrote those. And, uh, God gave instructions to Moses. Moses gave instructions to his people. And, um, and, and this was God's plan for his nation. It was not God's plan for them to have a king. Never was. And yet the people come along and they say, we want a king. Now wait a minute. Their pretense seemed legitimate. The, 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 the leadership at the time, the rising leadership, was failing miserably. Samuel's sons did not have the character of their father. They were crooked. They were greedy. They were dishonest. They were unjust. And so, they said, the people said, well, our leadership has failed, so give us a king. Give us a king. Verse 6 says, but the thing displeased Samuel. 
when they said, Give us a king to judge us. And Samuel prayed unto the Lord. And the Lord said unto Samuel, Hearken unto the voice of the people in all that they say unto thee. For they have not rejected me, but they have rejected me. By the way, as a side note, it's a good idea for you as a leader, whether it's mom and dad in the home, where's the soul winner on the street trying to win someone to Christ, where it's in the position of leadership in the classroom or so forth. Uh, don't care your, if you're going to lead, don't carry your feelings on your, on your sleeve. And God said this, he said, they've not rejected you, they've rejected me. So we have the, the root problem, which was iniquity. We want what we want. The pretense for that iniquity, which was failed leadership. In fact, if you haven't done verse number five, circle those two words, thy sons. There's the false pretense. We have to have a king. We want a king. Why? Because our leadership has failed. Your sons, they're not, they're no count. And that was true. Their sons were no count. But then the third thing is the punishment. The punishment. What was the punishment? Look at verse number seven. And the Lord said unto Samuel, hearken. Circle that word, hearken. Here was the punishment. The punishment was indulgence. God punished his people. Listen carefully. He punished his people by giving them what they were asking for. You know, the Bible said Matthew 7, 7, Ask and it shall be given you. Seek and ye shall find. That is written in a linear tense, which means continually asking and asking and asking. You know, if you keep asking God and asking God and asking God and asking, ask, you, you should be careful about that. I'm not saying that you shouldn't continually ask God, but you should ask God according to His will, continually, continually, continually. And when I'm praying and I finish praying, often I will pray as James 2, uh, in reference to James 2 where the Bible said, you have not because you ask not, you ask and have not because you ask amiss that you may consume it upon your own lust. I'll often finish my prayer and tag it with this. Now, Lord, if there's anything I've asked for that's not in your will, just forget that. I don't want it. I want what you want, not what I want. Sometimes I get something in my head that I want, and I'll ask and ask and ask for it, and God says, you don't really want me to give that to you. But from my perspective, it seems like the best thing of all. And oh, listen, God said this, my, the people, I'll give it to you. His punishment was indulgence. The Lord said unto Samuel, hearken, listen to them, hearken unto the voice of the people. All that they say unto thee, for they have not rejected thee, but they have rejected me that I should not reign over them. According to all the works which they've done since the day that I brought them up out of Egypt, even to this day wherewith they have forsaken me and served other gods, and do they also unto thee. They're doing to you, Samuel, what they've been doing to me for years. Circle it twice in verse 7 and 8, the little word me. Right at the end of verse number 7. They have not rejected thee, they've rejected me. Circle that. The personal offense, they rejected God. The personal offense, they rejected God. It's down there in verse number 8 as well. Wherewith they have forsaken me. The root problem was iniquity. The pretense for it was failed leadership. The punishment was indulgence. God said, I'll give you what you're asking for. And the putting God personally. Folks, listen to me. To reject God-given leadership is to reject God Himself. To reject God-given leadership is to reject God Himself. They've rejected me. Look at verse 9. Now therefore hearken unto their voice, howbeit yet protest. (laughs) 
Now, not the kind of, where you walk down the street and burn down buildings. Not that kind of protest. It's the kind of protesting I did a little while ago during announcement time. Protest solemnly. So the next thing we have is the prophet's protest. Here, here, regret this. That was his protest. It goes from verse 9 all the way down. Listen to them. Albeit yet protest solemnly unto them. And king's going to feel like nation. Verse 10. And Samuel told all the words of the Lord unto the reign over you. He will take your sons and appoint them for himself. By the way, this is, the, this is God's people's first try at socialism. They will take your sons and appoint them for himself. For his children, captains over thousands and captains over fifties, and will set them to ear his ground and to reap his harvest and to make his instruments of war and instruments of his chariots. And he will take your daughters to be confectionaries and to be cooks and to be baked your vineyards and your olive yards, even the best of them, and give them to his servants. And he will take the tenth of your seed and of your vineyards and give to his officers and to his servants. And he will take your men servants and your maid servants and your good. Ye shall be his servants and ye shall cry out in that day because of your king, which ye shall have chosen you and the Lord will not hear you in that. Now you're going to slap taxes on top of that. You get learn. You get ready to learn about taxes. You're, you're getting re- ready to learn about your uh, your daughters and your sons being taken and and, uh, and put into the service of a king. Now, this is your idea. This is Samuel's protest. This is what you're asking for. This is what God is 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 is. Uh, this is what you're asking for. This is what God is going to give you. Verse nineteen. Nevertheless, the people refused. To obey the voice of Samuel, and they said, nay. He's the people's response. No. The, 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 the root problem, iniquity, the pretense, failed leadership, the punishment, indulgence. God said, you can have what you're asking. The people's response, no, we want it anyway. We want it anyway. We will, look at in verse 19, we will have a king over us. We will have a king over us. I read in 1 Samuel 15, 23, the famous iniquity. See that? Stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. I will have it my way. The iniquity is stubbornness. I will, I will have my way. I will have my way. Warn me, warn me, warn me. But no, I want it. I still want it. Idolatry, the worship of self-will, the worship of one's own desires, because later on in his disobedience to the Lord. And so the people's response is, no, no. Faster. Okay, I'll preach a long one then. Let me give you some lessons. All rebellion is ultimately against God. All was starting to feel like, man, they rejected me. I'm their prophet. I'm, I'm their priest. I'm their judge. And I'm, I have poured my life out for these folks. And by the way, you remember Samuel's story? And the family would go once a year to worship and sacrifice. And Eli saw her uh, speaking out loud. She was in earnest and she was moving her mouth, but she wasn't talking out loud. Eli thought she was drunk. But I just want a child so bad. I just I promise. She said, Lord, you give me, I'll give him back to you. I'll lend him to the Lord as long as he lives. And God, and Amen. Sure enough, by that time next year, she had a son. And little Samuel, as soon as he was weaned, as soon as, as he was weaned from his mother, he was taken and dedicated his entire life to church. Samuel, Samuel. He jumped up, ran to Eli and said, what is he, Eli? Eli said, I didn't call you. What do you need? And he said, I, I quit waking me up. I didn't call you. You're hearing things. He went back like, Sam, maybe you are hearing something, but it's not me. If you hear it again, you say, hear my Lord. Samuel, Samuel, hear my Lord. 
And God had a man. Eli. The next morning, Eli said, what did God have to say last night? Be everything. And he told his mentor. It's from the Lord. Samuel grew up for the nation. He was, he was the religious head. He was their shepherd. The one that loved them and wept with them and helped bury their children and, and their parents. And he, he, he was like a pastor. In fact, we we'll don't have time to look at it, but you go a couple chapters later. He said, have I ever done this for you? And they said, no, no, Samuel, you've been good to us. And Samuel felt personally rejected. To you, they're rejecting me. Can I tell you something? Keep your faith. Every Christian ought to know and understand the first handful of verses in Romans chapter. The Bible says, Romans 13, 1, Let every soul be sought. The powers that be are ordained of God. There's a couple different words. Uh, uh, is the word exousia, which means authority. And we use the powers. And notice it's a plural word. Powers. God? Whoa, 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 whoa. Stop right. Look at me for just a minute. What? The powers that be. Do you know who sets up kings and queens and presidents? And God flipped a switch in Nebuchadnezzar's brain. He lost his mind for the kingdom of men. And he setteth up whomsoever he will. Can I tell you Not when we were most prosperous. America has fared best. By the way, America was better off when we lived a little closer to the land. But, but, but we've affair better when we are in need and we are acutely aware of ours too. Whosoever therefore resisted the power, the structure of authority. Listen to me very carefully. Something's happened over the last 50 plus years in our structure of authority. The principle, the idea of authority. Which is, all authority comes from God and God ordains uh, those in the whole. Okay, for example, as Christ is the head of the church, so the husband is head of the now, what does that mean? Does that mean that dad's, oh man, everybody bows to me because I'm the head. I'm... That's all he has to do. Now, you know what leadership is? Given by God just as, just as Samuel was given by God to serve the people. Dad, honor God by honoring a dishonorable... Now, does that mean that you do everything that authority says? That depends. If dad says... Hey, kids, it's, it's 4th of July. No, no, we're going to do it. We're going to do it all the time. We're going to do it. We're going to do it. The ends of the earth. But God forbade this. And don't have And here in the nation was this. It wasn't, we don't want to, we don't tense. Listen to me. That was their pretense. What they really wanted, we want to decide for again, is ultimately against God. Here's another lesson. Freedom, all to whom you yield yourselves, servants to obey, his servants ye are, to whom he obeys. Some of you are going to be making weapons for him. Some of you are going to be riding his, driving his chariots for him. Some of you are going to be finishing of freedom is. Biblical freedom is the right to do what is right to do. Whatever you want to do. No justice, no senator, no con, the legitimate representative of God. Listen to me, my dear friend. I have one right as your pastor. He said, well, I trust my pastor. Shame on you. The Bible said in the book of Acts, I don't know. Well, Pastor, I trust you. I appreciate the confidence. I'm not, I'm, I'm not decrying that. I think it's great to have confidence. You know, listen. What God wants and what God allows are not... Some. The old 1611 King James Bible. We believe in soul winning, aggressive personal soul winning. We say, well, 
You know, you can say in your personal life, God has been way better to me than I deserve. Raise your hand. Yeah, that's all we require for those of you who know better. You've been taught scripture. You know the word of God blessing them. So that's my green light and it's okay for me. Listen carefully. This text shows us what God's and what God allows are not always synonymous. Look, moms and dads. Have you ever let your kids get by with something that you didn't... Hold it up there. Okay. Question for you. Have you ever let something... Every hand, basically. Of course. You can't fix everything at one time, right? Yes, for my life. When they were in the, when they were in the desert, uh, they gave them their request. They said, oh, we want some meat. We want some meat. We want, ah, we want some meat. And God said he gave them their request and sent leanness to them out their nose. Do you ever overeat on something? You're off it. If you have a praying mother, if you have a praying father, if you have a praying spiritual mentor, if you have a praying prophet, heed his pro- heed her protests. Da, 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 da. And they said, we still want a king. We ought to thank God to high heaven that you have a mom or a dad or a... Samuel wasn't trying to get his way. He was off the reference down. When Saul, Samuel, you understand it's like that. Samuel served his entire life. Uh, You're going to step down, Samuel. And you're going to anoint your... That's not what he did. He loved Saul. Pray and beg God. And finally, God had to say, uh, enough, Samuel. I'm done with Samuel wasn't trying to get his way. He was trying to get God's way. If the, Stay with me for just a few more moments. Nevertheless, the people refused to obey the voice of Samuel. And they said, nay, but we will have a king over early. Are not a great example. Some of you are in that at some point or another. Now, not this one, obviously, because your leader's perfect. The leadership failed us. Say amen to that. Can you say amen to that? Of course. Parents, they're liars, they're dishonest. We want to be like the world. How about this? For justice, we want to restore honesty. We want to restore respect for God. The root problem was iniquity. The pretense was failed leadership. The punishment was indulgence. The prophet, uh, the personal offense was against God, rejecting God, the prophet. And God gave them their king. Last thought is this. If you do. Look at me, let me give you this statement, then we'll read our text. Look at me real careful. If you do fail and go your own way, says, if you do fail and go your own way, know that God has already, that when you go your own way and you, you make a decision that's irreversible and you can't go back, done with you, he's finished with you, he told you what he wanted, and you said, I want something different in 5 B.C., 450 years approximately before here in 1 Samuel. 450 years before. 50 years before that. God said to Moses, write this down. Get it? And verse number 14. They said, they hadn't even gotten to the promised land yet. And when and you possess it, Thou shalt in any wise set him king over thee, whom the Lord thy God shall choose, one from among thy brethren, which is not thy brother, a natural born 
citizen must be your leader. He shall not move horses to himself. He doesn't need horses because the horses come from Egypt, and that's where idolatry adds to himself. Listen, God has never been for a man having more than one wife. Never, 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 never. That he shall, the king shall write him a copy of this to exercise the actual discipline of writing his own copy. And the first five books of the Old Testament. <laughs> Woo! That was the king's assignment was when he was made king. God said, sit down, write your own copy. He shall read therein all the days of his life. Here's my point and I'll be done. 450 years before they ever rejected Samuel, rejected God's plan, rejected God himself, people are going to want their own way. And he said, they're going to mess. So write these things down. Because when they get in that mess, I want to help them make the best of it. Here's the kind of king that they need. Go our own way and choose our own way. Even if in our eyes it's a good way. God in it has already been thinking about our failures. He knows our failures and he's helping. He left his perfect will. What a God. Amen. He didn't give up on the nation. And he hasn't given up on you. Aren't you glad God hasn't given up on America yet? Aren't you glad about that? Aren't you glad we have a God who says, look, listen, you got yourself in a mess? Okay. Let me help you with your mess. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. yeah. What a God. The root sin, I want my way. What's the anecdote? Give your will completely to God. Not my will, but thine be done. Jesus prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane. And for every believer who wants to continue in God's path for your life, your prayer should be, not my will, not what I want, but what you want. Would you bow your heads, please? Heads bowed, eyes closed.